From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have James from Midwest Tankerman. James, it's really nice to have you on. Hey, how you doing? It's good to be here. I'm doing great. It's really nice to be chatting and doing this podcast. I'm really excited for today. So James, can you tell me a bit about yourself and who you are and the company that you run? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and first off, thank you for having me. It's a great opportunity to be here to chat with you. So I'm the CEO and second generation owner of Midwest Tankerman. So we are responsible for loading and unloading barges that are filled with liquid material. So very connected to the shipping industry. A simple example is a barge might be loaded down in the Gulf of Mexico with some type of product that's used to make gasoline. That barge will be shipped up the Mississippi River, up the Illinois River. It will arrive at a refinery that's in the Chicagoland area. And that product in that barge needs to get off that barge into the refinery so they can then use it to make gasoline or diesel fuel or whatever they would like to do. We supply the manpower, so we're strictly service-based that is responsible for either loading or unloading that barge. That's very cool. So I imagine you have a lot of guys out there like turning valves and like all sorts of stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've got 35 total employees. 27 of them work out in the field. They work a rotating on-call schedule, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And they're always working outside. So the schedule is really challenging for them. The outdoor elements, especially in Chicago, are really challenging on them. But it's the challenges that make it fun and exciting, right? Yeah, that's awesome. And you said you're the second generation, so you stepped into a leadership position. I imagine you probably learned a lot about the business before, like you're in charge and all this. And then what was that like to go through that journey? Yeah, it was, it was quite the experience. So I started working for the company when I was 18. I started as a tankerman myself, working out on the barges. And I did that while I was going to college. I actually, my degree is in special education, which is totally different than what I'm doing. And I was a teacher for two years. So I kind of pumped barges part-time through college. And while I was teaching, eventually decided to step into the business full-time. And just any true family generational business, we've had our challenges Thankfully, we have some really committed, really dedicated employees that make us look phenomenal. And our goal and what we see as our responsibility as leaders of this company is to take really good care of our employees. We can take good care of our employees. They'll take great care of our customers. Our customers will be happy and keep paying us and everybody wins. But the definitely the family business poses its own challenges, especially from a leadership perspective. One of the things that was definitely most challenging was the transition of leadership from my mother to me. My mother is the sole owner. She founded it with my father. My, my parents split. My mom bought him out. So it was my mother and I working pretty much in tandem for many years. And as she's getting more and more removed and she's not quite having her finger on the pulse of the market and our customers anymore, it became clear that a change was needed. But becoming emotionally ready for that for both of us was challenging. She wasn't willing or ready to let go for a while. And I wasn't able to step up and be the leader that she needed me to be in order for her to trust me. Trust was a huge part in that. And in hindsight, it seems pretty obvious, but especially in a family business, there's the family dynamic at play of this is my mother. I've looked up to her to lead me my entire life. 
And now from a business perspective, in order for me to lead the company, I have to step up and lead her. And she has to be able to trust my leadership and then be able to have faith in my leadership enough to where she can step back and not feel like she needs to be involved, which is hard for any parent to do, to step back and say, you, my child, who I've been looking out for, I'm going to trust you to run my most prized possession that I've spent 46 years building. So that definitely brought its conflicts, learned some huge lessons through that. And it's really forged a unique bond between her and I, and we work really well together now. That's an awesome story. What would you say is some of the greatest lessons that you learned, like stepping into a leadership role and leading and all that? Oh, man. I think one of the ones that I learned earlier on that I was really grateful for is just the mentality that I can't do it on my own. And frankly, if I try to do it on my own, I'm going to have a hard time and, and the company's going to suffer, which can seem paradoxical, you know, especially being a younger white male. I wanted to step up and prove to everybody that I knew what I was doing. And then especially the generational component to like, I need to prove people that I know what I'm talking about. And it's the complete opposite. It's like the more I can be humble enough to say, I don't know the answer to this. I'll go find it. And I want to surround my people, myself with people who can help me. And the more I can open up my perspective to other people's opinion, two heads are better than one and 10 heads are better than two. So if I can be open to other perspectives and humble enough to listen to them, particularly when they're telling me that I'm wrong, then we have kind of strength, strength in numbers, so to speak. Absolutely. I love that. One of the things you mentioned is keeping a pulse on the industry and where things are at and all this. And how have you seen this industry evolve? And maybe what are some things that you do to keep on top of the latest trends, where the company should be headed, driving the strategic vision all that? Yeah, it's a great question. The changes that I've seen in our industry are... Our industry is, it can be very much a good old boy industry, and it's very mm. relationally driven, as most industries are to a certain extent. We are starting to see some of that shift and become more bottom line focused. Not completely, it's still very relationally driven, but more bottom line focused, more value driven. What value can you provide as opposed to do I like you or not like you? Although still so much of it comes from just that relationship and having the trust to be able to have a customer share with you what they're really going through because that's really where the gold is and how we have been able to stay in touch with what's going on and where things are going is really in just fostering that relationship with our customers you know really getting curious at a deep vulnerable level what are they going through what are they experiencing what are the questions that people are too afraid to ask them how can we ask them and then really generously listen and understand their life their world from their perspective because especially in our business, our customers have much more of a, a larger um, outreaching perspective of the overall market. So the more I can understand them, the more I can understand their needs, the more I can meet their needs, and a byproduct of that, the more I can understand the market. Absolutely. And kind of along with that, what strategies have you utilized to drive growth? Is it mainly a lot of these nurturing of these relationships, or do you look at like some industry bulletin board? where a new, I don't know, oil plant will show up or what are some of those strategies you've been implementing? Yeah, I think probably if I were to separate it into kind of like the two overarching strategies, one has definitely been to get really clear on what our strengths are. I think it's easy to, when you want to grow or diversify, look at what aren't we doing that we could start doing. 
And while that's valuable before you can even think about those business opportunities, it's like identifying and getting really crystal clear on like, what is our biggest strengths as a company? And that might be a specific, unique task or operation or something, or it might just be a more philosophical concept that we're really good at. But once you're clear on what that strength is and what you do well, you can look to amplify that. You can look to apply that strength in ways and areas that currently aren't being applied, but it all comes from like knowing your strengths, I believe is a key part. The second thing is, again, the benefit in opening your ears and opening your mind to the perspective of others. So we've leveraged our network a lot. We talked to a lot of the people that we know in the industry and just getting curious and what's going on. What are you seeing? What changes? What opportunities? And really relying on their our network's understanding so we can get a better perspective. Absolutely. And how much of your learnings are from guys that are boots on the ground? We're a similarly sized company. And I think I'm constantly talking to folks that are interact customers and all this around. Hey, challenges, problems, opportunities, all that. How much of that are you doing? Quite a bit, quite a bit. And it's, it can be, it depends on the strategy and what's going on, but our boots on the ground, it's very technical to the specific job, which when I'm dealing with them, that's where I apply more of the strategy of like, you're the expert, you're the guy that does this job day in, day out. I'm going to rely on your expertise to help guide me through this. But especially as we're navigating new opportunities or new customers and learning more about their challenges, I'm ultimately the bridge between the customer and the guy that's actually going to get it done and the guy that's actually going to solve their problem in so many ways in a lot of different situations. I'm just a bridge. Absolutely. And when it comes to that relationship building with the customers, have you found any or practices that have worked really well? Like, do you go out to lunch with every customer once a quarter or like any sort of like things you found that, Hey, this has worked really well for us. I've been challenged with that a lot, or I've challenged myself with that a lot because it's like, you know, I know I need to get in front of customers. Like, what does that actually look like? And especially in our business, you know, I'm second generation owner. It's not like I have like a boss or a superior saying, you need to visit these customers, this frequency and these customers, this frequency. So I haven't quite fine-tuned exactly what that's going to look like and I've released that attachment. What I've more so focused on and realized is the more I can connect with my customers as a person first and then a business associate second, Mm. we just move so much faster. If I've got that personal relationship, then when a business conversation comes up, we don't have to do this whole like dance and politeness and, you know, we could just like, Hey, I know you really well. And I trust you because of our personal relationship. Here's what's going on. And I don't need to sugarcoat it. And I don't need to make it sound like it's better than it really is. Like this sucks. And I don't know what to do. And I do that with my customers too. I'll call my customers and I'll say, I'm really challenged with this decision and I don't know what to do. Could you share some perspective or how would you look at this if you were me? Or what are you seeing from your end that might help me make this decision? And that personal relationship, again, solidifies that trust and we just move quicker together. Absolutely. I love that. That's so much like when there's that personal relationship there, you make a phone call, you figure things out. It's not this formal back and forth and all that overly complicated stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what's ahead? What are some things you're thinking about in this space as just generally as a leader, you know, direction and all that stuff? What's this year going to look like for you guys? For us, uh, we've got a big focus on growing and expanding our company while maintaining our culture, which is 
very challenging. Right now, we've got about 35 employees. We're a true family-run company, and that culture works really well with our crew. And big concern of mine is as we grow, are we able to maintain that? Um, but we, we really feel that growth diversification is extremely necessary. 2019, 2020, and 2021, we were hit with some big challenges. One, COVID that everybody was hit with, and a couple that are specific to our industry. For us, it was a big wake-up call as to how vulnerable we could be if we're not diversified. We're looking for growth, really for stability, and to go out and get more to bring back to our employees to better their lives. So growth is a big one, and culture is always a forefront of our mind. Absolutely. I love it. Any closing remarks, words of advice you have for those listening out there? Oh, man. To close, thank you again for having me. If I'm going to give closing advice, it's going to sound really corny, but I would honestly say follow your heart. I think so often as business leaders and just as people in this world, we can feel a lot of stress, a lot of strain, and a lot of I don't know what to do. I like to ground myself in the fact that I'm going to do the best that I can. And if I mess it up, then I'll do the best I can trying to fix that. And over time, in the long run, that seems to do okay. It's when I try to be something I'm not or somebody I'm not that I get myself into trouble. Absolutely. I love it. Well, James, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for all your wisdom, advice, and insights here. You're very generous with those words, but I I do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.